The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome members of our armed forces, as well as new listeners joining us on affiliate stations in San Francisco, New York City, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, and from coast to coast, including new friends in Hawaii and Alaska. In just a moment, clinical psychologist and founder of eHarmony, Dr. Neil Clark Warren will be joining us to talk about the business of love. As you know, eHarmony is the leading website for people interested in a serious long-term relationship. But what you may not know is that the company is responsible for over 400 marriages a day in the United States. And these have overwhelmingly been successful marriages. In a few minutes, we're going to hear more about how Dr. Warren found a way to parlay his experience as a couples counselor into a secret algorithm for lasting love. But before Dr. Warren joins the program, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Neil Clark Warren was born in Des Moines, Iowa. He earned his undergraduate degree from Pepperdine University, his master's from Princeton Theological Seminary, and his doctorate from the University of Chicago. Warren served as a professor and dean of Fuller Theological Seminary's Graduate School of Psychology and also worked in private practice. As a clinical psychologist, he counseled couples for over 35 years and wrote numerous books on the complexity of finding and sustaining lasting relationships. Then in 1995, Warren joined forces with his son-in-law to start Neil Clark Warren and Associates, which led to launching eHarmony in 2000. The purpose of eHarmony was to decrease the number of divorces and unhappy marriages by guiding people toward a more compatible match. Nine years after its launch, the company exceeded $1 billion in cumulative revenue. And what's more, eHarmony has served over 33 million subscribers to date. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report successful entrepreneur, psychologist, author, and matchmaker, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Warren. Rebecca, I'm so happy to be with you, and I'm so proud to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure and a joy. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it's so much fun to talk about love, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've never gone to a single party in my life where if you struck up a subject about love and the kind of person you could be happiest with in all the world, the whole crowd will 
finally become a part of your circle because everybody loves to talk about that. Of course. Now, as I mentioned, you take a very different approach to matchmaking than other sites because your goal is to help actually guide people toward better choices. Is that right? Well, that's right. I, I mean, I, I think I have some kind of a marriage gene. Uh, my, my folks were married for 70 years and uh, happily so. And uh, Marilyn and I, my wife Marilyn and I have been married for 50, 57 years and uh, we're very happy. Our daughters, have, we have a daughter. If you can imagine how old I am, we have a daughter who's been married longer than 30 years. So uh, it, it kind of makes me shudder a little bit to think how old I am. But, but we do love long-term marriages, and we've just seen the ravages of marriages that break up and how hard it is for the kids. So we've worked really hard at trying to get this right. Now, part of your recipe that helps you guide people towards successful candidates for marriage and long-term relationships is that you look at 29 dimensions of compatibility. Tell us a little bit about those dimensions. Well, I tell you, uh, Rebecca, the um, finding of those dimensions was was uh, quite a quite a mysterious thing for for me. First of all, I sat there for. We always say 35, but that was 35 from the time I got the Ph.D. at the University of Chicago. Uh, but really, it was more like 40 years because I was doing that kind of work before I got the Ph.D. But I sat there for all those years, and I watched one marriage after another uh, go down. And um, that is just, as you know, it's one of the most heartbreaking things in the world to watch people... Uh, have to go through all that pain and their children go through the pain and their parents. So I, I got started thinking, we've got to do something about it. And and a lot of people said to me, well, you know, can't, can't you get them premarital counseling? And I have to tell you something, I don't believe very much in premarital counseling. It's okay to do, but if if two people shouldn't be married, but they go together for a while, they get bonded. Mm-hmm. And and I still remember the man who came in, and, and it looked very much like they should not get married. And his wife was getting more and more, I mean, his uh, girlfriend was getting more and more upset. And he looked over at her, and he said, honey, you remember I told you, I don't care what this guy says. We're getting married. It's oh, my goodness. Break up two people who've gotten bonded like that. And so we began to see that we had to get started before they got too bonded. And uh, that's what we did. Well, what are these? some of these 29 dimensions? Give, give us an example of a dimension that well, you feel is important for compatibility. Well, <laughs> I, always hate, I always hate to um, do, do this one, but let me tell you, you've got to be just about the same intelligence level. Uh, it, to be technical, there's a lot of science in, in what we do, a lot of algorithms, but you, you've got to be within one standard deviation of the other person on, on intelligence level. My mom and dad, my dad was a genius. He was a flat-out genius. He only went through eight, eighth grade in Iowa country schools, but he was really brilliant. They called him a, a wizard. I get a kick out of that word. He was a wizard. He could add and subtract so fast, large bodies. of. They, in, in his day, they didn't have a lot of computers. And uh, uh, we, we found that if you're more than one standard deviation, which is 10 points on a Wexler adult intelligence scale, if you're more 
distant from your mate by uh, by t- more than ten points, or or yeah, distant. Uh, it, it's going to be hard. One of you is going to be so much smarter. My dad was so much smarter than my mother. My mother was sweet and loving, but what the, the the result was they didn't talk very much because if he talked about what was happening in the Middle East, she didn't have the slightest idea where the Middle East was. She was a wonderful woman. I love her, but they had a very quiet marriage, and it would have been better if probably if they married somebody who was closer to their intelligence level. That's one. I could name all 29 of them, but it wouldn't probably do too much good but you there are some of them you you both have to have you have to have good character good character means that you tell the truth and the whole truth nothing but the truth to each other and you come to trust each other if you lose that trust it's it's going to be really hard for your marriage you also have to have about the same level of energy energy is a very important dimension both psychic energy and physical energy and uh, if you don't, if one person, you know, kind of lies around in the bed on Saturday morning and doesn't get anything done, the other person's out doing all the chores, that isn't going to work over time. <laughs> you're going to become resentful. So we Boy, have- I, I, Dr. Warren, you're, you're describing every relationship I've ever seen. <laughs> The energy levels, you know, there are people that work out compulsively and then they wind up getting married to someone who likes to watch movies and sit on the sofa, right? You you get people that are highly uh, ambitious and uh, work-oriented and you get other people who don't care about work at all. You know, as you say, it's not that you can't have a relationship with a person like that, but it's going to be a very quiet one because you're, you're narrowing down to only a few areas in which you can actually relate exactly and and you're exactly right so we talk a lot rebecca about what we call um uh broad range compatibility on these 29 dimensions that we've found that differentiate between a great marriage and a poor one i've never seen a marriage work very well i've never seen a great marriage that had more than five of these dimensions. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit more on the other side of this break. We have to take a hard break, but we'll be right back with Dr. Clark Warren in just a moment. You're listening to The Costa Report. Imagine hearing the words, your child has cancer. The emotional impact is staggering. They tell you that treatment may last for years. And you travel the long road between hospital and home. Your financial worries multiply. And you want to stay strong for everyone, especially your child. But nobody understands. Your friends and family don't get it. Where do you turn? For the last 18 years, Jacob's Heart has provided essential support to families enduring the unimaginable. We have been there from the time of diagnosis all the way through the course of treatment, regardless of the outcome. With no government funding and no reimbursement for services, Jacob's Heart relies 100% on support from our community to make miracles happen for families. Please support Jacob's Heart by going to our website, jacobsheart.org. Or call us at 831-724-9100. Make a difference in the life of a child. Thank you. 
Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com and order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Hi, it's Mike, founder of Dollar Shave Club. Our millions of members agree. Changing your blade each week or whenever you want makes for the most incredible shaving experience imaginable. The big razor corporations will ask you to milk your old blades for weeks and weeks and weeks. Gross, but not Dollar Shave Club. We deliver a full pack of amazing razors for just a few bucks so you can change whenever. Don't take my word for it. I'm trying to sell you something. Ask one of our millions of members. You definitely know one. That's pretty much all I got. So for the rest of our time, please enjoy these royalty-free stock Metro Jams. Smooth jams, baby. But seriously, buy my razors. Join now at dollarshaveclub.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com. Are things getting a little messy around the office? At Coast Paper and Supply, we'll meet all your janitorial needs. Mops, dusters, disinfectants? We got them. Can't get rid of that smell in the break room? Try our deodorizer. Carpet stains? We have a cure for that, too. While you're at it, pick up the essentials. Garbage cans and liners, sponges and brooms. Is your company going green? Coast Paper and Supply is offering earth-friendly cleaning and food service alternatives. Our ever-evolving stock includes compostable bowls, plates, cups, and cutlery. Not to mention eco-friendly cleaners and biodegradable trash can liners, all at the lowest possible price. So come visit Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or look us up at coastpapersupplyinc.com. You can also call us at 831 831- Four two three 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 five zero. That's eight three one four two three 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 five zero. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is the founder of one of the most successful internet startups in the world, eHarmony, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. And before the break, we were talking about the 29 dimensions of compatibility. And Dr. Warren, you offered intelligence and uh, energy levels as two examples. Now, as I understand it, a person fills out a pretty extensive online questionnaire, and then based on the answers, This gives you a profile of that individual, which you then have a way of matching in terms of similarities in how a person views the world, their sense of humor, their intelligence, their character, and so on. Yes, that's exactly right, Rebecca. Thank you for understanding that. 
we have those 29 dimensions that we're willing to share with anybody. And um, like, for instance, let's take sexual passion. If one person really likes to engage in sexual activity with their partner on a regular basis and the other person is just not that into sexual passion, that's going to be hard for the marriage. They take industry, what we call industry. One person's really a hard worker, just stays at a job till they get it done. And the other person isn't a very hard worker. That'll be a problem. If one person is always ready to do the work to resolve conflicts, and the other person just doesn't want to engage in resolving conflicts, you're going to have a difficulty. So, so we take these 29 dimensions, we match people on that, and here's the good news. We, uh, on a major um, study in, the, uh, in a major scientific journal, we now have indication that our people, we've had about 2 million marriages now, our people stay married and the divorce rate is only 3.86% in this last study. So we're very pleased with that. It's not it's a, the work of a whole lot of people, but we think that if you get broad-based compatibility up front, you can have a marriage that lasts for a lifetime. Well, your divorce rate is um, just a little bit over half of what the national average is, which is astoundingly successful. Um, and so there's a lot of empirical data that the algorithms that you're using are working, uh, not only because of the number of marriages and the, and the number of subscribers who have flocked to the site, but also in terms of the longevity of those marriages and the national against the national averages. Now, there is an age-old argument about whether opposites make the best relationship, but you have no confusion on this point. I believe you have a saying that opposites attract and then attack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that, Rebecca. That's the most asked question out of thousands of interviews that I've had. It's the most asked question I've ever received. That is, uh, don't opposites attract? And I say, yeah, sometimes they do. They attract, but then they eventually will have to negotiate that difference if they're opposite one another. They've got a lot of negotiation to do. Negotiation is hard, as you know. And sometimes if you have too much negotiation, you just can't get over that hump. That's right. Now, as successful as eHarmony has been, you are not targeting everyone. For example, I heard that as many as one out of five people who take this uh, questionnaire receive a notice that they really cannot be matched. Give us a, an example of a person who might not be a good candidate. Well, <laughs> I, I was, the reason I laugh at that point is I, I think about how, it must, how difficult it must be to match some of our political candidates. <laughs> Especially these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and you, you, we have um, about 16% of all the people who come to eHarmony do get the notice that we just don't think we can match them. Now, the, the reason for that a lot of times is the following. Number one, they maybe are depressed. They, you can't make a marriage work if you start with one person being depressed because depression leads to a lot of the other neurotic conflicts. So depression is a, a dead giveaway. Another reason would be that they show that they have some addiction of some kind. You can't make a marriage work if one person is addicted to much of anything. 
So we don't even try. We don't want to try. We want to tell them, go out and get some help and get that taken care of, and then come back and let us try to help you find the right person. So these questionnaires, the questionnaires actually go through and and evaluate whether you're too depressed. But but what if you're depressed because you don't have a relationship? Well, that's okay. <laughs> what, if, what if it's a cause and effect re- uh, situation, and if you had a relationship, you wouldn't feel so depressed? <laughs> well, no, that's, that's a good one. That, that's okay. You know, uh, we have 120 million people in America today who are single and not married. And in the case of well over half of those people, they would love to have somebody that they could be with for the rest of their lives. Uh, and if they're depressed, that's okay. That that will boost their ambition level and get them to work at it. It's not an easy thing to find somebody that you can be with for a lifetime. It's not an easy thing to get on our site. I have to tell you something, Rebecca. Many people get on our site, and then they get scared, and then they leave the site, and then they get back on because they get hopeful, and, and they, get, they get off again when they get scared. Fear and hope keep playing within the lives of these people. And you you know what I know. If you're about to have a date with somebody and you just really hope it will work, you're filled with the hope, but you're also filled with fear that it won't And because it's a two-way deal. I mean, both people have to agree that this is a good relationship for it to work. So fear and hope are, are, are problems that we have to manage around all the time. What what is the fear? Is the fear fear of being rejected? Oh yes, I, there is nothing. I got to tell you a funny story. I went with a girl for three years when I was in college, and I really cared a lot for her. And we were engaged. And one day it just occurred to me that this wasn't going to work. And I told my roommate, I said, <clears throat> I've got to get out of this relationship. The next morning, this girl broke up with me. And I was devastated. You were devastated. You weren't relieved. No, I wasn't relieved. I was devastated because I felt rejected. You understand that even when you make the decision for something to end, if the other person makes the decision before you do, you feel like you got rejected. And rejection is hard for anybody to take. I'm glad I didn't make that relationship work because then I went on and found Marilyn and I've been married to her for 57 years. But it tickles me. It tickles me to think about how I was going to make the move the next morning. She made the move the next morning before I did. And then I felt devastated. Well, she beat you so, to the punch. <laughs> yeah, she beat me to the punch. And, and you, always, you always want to feel like you have your destiny in your own hands. This whole business of finding the right person to marry for a lifetime is the most underestimated challenge in the entire human situation, in my opinion. Well, I can't agree with you more. I I have to say that um, many times it's our ego that's driving us, as in the case of this girl breaking up with you, even though you knew there were problems there and it probably wasn't going to work out. And uh, and how many people are driven by their egos as opposed to a false sense of what is true and what will work in their lives. And we have to take another commercial break, but stay right where you are. We'll be right back after these important messages. You're listening to the Costa Report.
Now, if you've been listening to the Costa Report, you know that I'm a big fan of wines by Caraccioli Cellars. And today I'm here with Scott Caraccioli, who's one of the brains behind the most memorable wines money can buy. So I have a question for you. How did your family get into the wine business? Um, You know, in 2006, my father, his brother and uncle were really playing with the idea of planting a vineyard. And planting a vineyard turned into making a bottle, turned into making sparkling wine when um, Michelle came into the picture. So it was really kind of an organic situation, us being in agriculture in the Salinas Valley. And then the extension of that went to grapes. And here we are today. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I, Cellars, where one bottle is never enough. The original Stagnero family has been in business since 1879. The Stagnero name stands for quality, quantity, and great service. The family's Gilda's Restaurant on the Santa Cruz Municipal Wharf is still the fishing headquarters of the Santa Cruz area. It's where fishermen gather each morning for coffee and breakfast before heading out on the bay. Stop by Gilda's and say hi. Dino looks forward to meeting you at Gilda's on the center of the Santa Cruz Municipal Wharf. Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. The symptoms of PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, are caused by the many cysts which produce lots of both male and female hormones. Excessive production of female hormones are associated with bad periods, sometimes no periods, bloating, weight gain, obesity, moodiness, sluggishness, while the excessive male hormones she produces can cause oily skin, acne, sometimes hair on the chest and back, thinning hair on the head. The hormone-secreting cysts are themselves associated with insulin and blood sugar, and most people PCOS patients have oftentimes undiagnosed pre-diabetic signs. That means PCOS needs to be first treated as a sugar processing problem. And secondly, PCOS patients who usually have underlying digestive problems are going to want to look here too. PCOS patients should focus especially on fat malabsorption, gallbladder and liver health issues, as well as the health of the intestine. Vitamin C is helpful for all hormone health issues. And you want to make sure you're getting fatty vitamins too, especially vitamins E and A. Lecithin granules with fatty meals can support fat metabolism, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to finish off all meals with a little apple cider vinegar, which can stimulate the secretion of fat digestive enzymes from the pancreas. Probiotics can be helpful, as can supplemental bile salts and digestive enzymes. Think zinc important for balancing hormones and selenium, which has a stabilizing effect on estrogen. Some women can get relief by using progesterone cream. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Every Saturday from 12 noon to 1 o'clock on KSCO, it's Perspectives with Dr. David Biles and Tom Quinn. Perspectives covers a number of topics, including holistic health, vaccinations, and government waste. Don't miss the next exciting Perspectives program here on AM 1080 KSCO. Every Saturday from 12 noon to 1, right here. 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is Dr. Neil Clark Warren. So, Dr. Warren, let me ask you this. At what age is a person experienced enough to choose a lifelong partner, do you think? Well, that's just a great question, Rebecca. Um, We used to, uh, I got married when I was 24, Marilyn was 22. My mo- my dad was 19 and and uh, it, my mother was 17 when they got married in 1950. It, the, the the age at which people get married has been going up uh, uh, over these last few years, but it, there's it's showing some signs now of people uh, starting to think about marriage around 25. We we actually think that uh, it, you have to you have to take into consideration fertility and how long you're going to be fertile. There are uh, signs from people in that whole area of inquiry who think that you can probably remain fertile until close to 40. So if you want to have two children, you would want to try to have them before you were 40 years old. You need to get married, uh, you know, in the in your middle to high 30s. But... Uh, I I would say I found it very important that people be mature enough to deal with all the rockiness of of a marital situation. So I encourage people to start thinking about marriage in their late 20s. And if if they do get married to each other, that both of them be to the level of maturity that allows them to survive the bumps that are inevitably going to come along. Now, is there uh, conversely an age when a person should stop looking for their soulmate? Oh no, we we've we've had eighty thousand people on our site who are in their eighties. We've had several people get married on our site in their 90s. My dad got married again after he's married to my mother for 70 years and she died. He waited a year and he got married again at 91. I, I don't think that there's an upper age limit. Now with so many people probably going to live to be barring catastrophe, they're going to live to be over 100, I I think it's fine for people to get married in their later years. But if you want to talk about the majority of people, I think between 25 and 35 is a really good time to think about marriage, and you probably shouldn't wait too much longer than that. Now, are there some attributes that make it very difficult for a person to find a mate? Let's say you said your father was a genius. Let's say you've got geniuses that uh, take the questionnaire. Uh, Is it difficult to find other geniuses? In other words, if you're outside of the norm a little uh, little bit uh, and in a more exclusive group, it it has to be hard for an algorithm like yours to find a, a a suitable match. No question. I have to tell you, that's, that's really very thoughtful of you. We've had people who are just so smart get on our site. And, and if they happen to be uh, a little bit unusual in other ways, they were raised in, let's say, a foreign country. Uh, now they come here. They don't speak the same um, s- smooth English that maybe the person they're thinking about marrying, that, that's hard for them too. But you can be so smart that there just aren't very many partners who can be a good partner for you. On the other hand, you can be, you can be in a difficult part of the curve. I've never understood in a spiritual sense why God distributed um, or, or nature 
distributed intelligence on the basis of the normal curve. I've never really understood that. Half the people who are in our culture are under an IQ of 100. If you're under an IQ of 100, first of all, you have a difficult time finding a job that's anything other than minimum wage. It's very hard to make it work for two people on one salary that's at minimum wage. That's only about twenty to $25,000 a year. That's very hard. Yes. So, yes, you can be so smart that you're way out in the tail of the curve. You can be so uh, poor that you're way out in the tail of the curve and it makes it hard for a marriage to work. You need to be in the, you know, in that part of the curve where there are more candidates available for you, especially in your geographical area if you have very well-defined geographical limits that you're willing to settle for. Now, will your questionnaire weed out people that are necessarily on either end of that curve? Well, yes, we we do weed that out, but we've had to ask people to do some unusual things. I remember, you know, we've had about 2 million marriages now, and I think you said that at the beginning of the program, Mm -hmm. and our divorce rate in the last 7 to 10 years has only been 3.86%. So that's pretty impressive. But in order to get that, we have had to ask people to accept a match over a quite a distance. Like I remember one of the early marriages that we had, the man lived in Eugene, Oregon, and the woman lived in San Antonio, Texas. Oh my goodness. And when they're talking <laughs> on the phone, she said, I said that I needed somebody within 30 miles of my house. And the man said, as a classic statement, I thought, he said, if it goes, if our relationship goes like I think it's gonna go, I'll be within 30 miles of your house. In other words, he would move. Now, if people are willing to to uh, take these these limitations on matching and turn them into something other than limitations by, for instance, moving to a closer uh, place where the other person is, it, it'll work out all right. But they have to have adaptability. I've been asked, I've been asked so many times, what's the most important single quality? in making a marriage work. And I always say adaptability. You just have to adapt a whole lot and be unselfish in that way. So when you're looking at people's compatibility, you must have a ranking scale. Uh, Obviously, intelligence is very, very important to people. But in this particular example that you gave, distance seemed to be important to this this, uh, female candidate. Well, there's no question that Whereas it wasn't important to the guy. He said, you know, that's what airplanes are for and moving vans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We had a we had a seminar in uh, New York City not long ago, uh, and, and a prominent person and I put on the seminar, and we had a standing room only audience. And uh, it was the title of the seminar was was Would you leave New York and to marry someone who was well-matched with you, but lived in New Jersey. And a fairly large number of the people said, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't leave New York if they had to move to New Jersey. And it's that way in all the states. But what know, does that say about how important love is to you if you're not even willing to move for it? Well, I think that's an important fact. I think that the 120 million people who are not married but live a, you know, a single life 
in this country. Many of them are sticklers on certain uh, dimensions. They just have to have a dimension like this. Like, for instance, if I had to rate, this is getting ticklish now, but if I had to rate my dad, he was really a handsome man. My mom was pretty when she was young, but I wouldn't have considered her pretty later. So how much give do you have in how pretty or handsome somebody is? Is that a just a, a, a veto dimension for you that, that the person has to be really good looking? Okay, now, if that's so, let me tell you, only 5% of the people in the United States are really, really handsome or really, really pretty. So you get, it, you get yourself into a situation where you don't have enough candidates because if you have to have a, you know, one of the most handsome person available, and that, there aren't very many of those, especially if you put it together with the fact that you also have to be within 30 miles of Wisconsin, let's say, Oh, sure. Well, the longer the list gets, the harder it gets, right? They have to be a millionaire. They have to be a supermodel. They have to be within 30 miles. They have to be a vegetarian, a vegan. You know, they have to have uh, blue eyes, uh, be six feet tall. And, you know, the list gets long and long. Pretty soon you've eliminated pretty much everyone. (laughs) So we, we have to take our last break. We'll be right back to find out why Dr. Warren claims matchmaking is becoming more difficult with time. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and drag and drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most important impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, Big Data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Stop. 
and go straight to Big O Tires for the once-in-a-great-while buy-two-get-two-free tire sale. Yes, you get two free tires with each two you buy at Big O, and free premium mounting, and free balancing. Oh, and free barbecue, this Saturday, 11 to 3. Count them up. Two free tires, free mounting, free balancing, and free barbecue. Do not miss out on the buy-two-get-two-free tire sale, Thursday through Saturday, at Big O Tires, 1219 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz. Conditions do apply. For details, call 429-9989. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. I don't know if you feel a little sluggish in the middle of the afternoon like I do, but if you do, I'm going to suggest you try Pollen Burst. It's an orange-flavored energy drink that comes in a packet, and it tastes a lot like that other orange drink the astronauts used to drink. You know the one. Pollen Burst contains vitamins A, B1, B3, B6, B12, pantothenic acid, vitamin D3, and gluconolactone, all designed to give you an energy boost that can last for hours. Pollen Burst comes in a box of 30 packets for $56 or two boxes for $100, and you can order it right now at kscoteam.com. The next time you feel tired and need a little boost, skip the coffee, soda, or candy bar and mix up a cold glass of Pollen Burst and do your body some real good. Go to kscoteam.com. Hi, this is Greg. Marlene and I host Flavors on KSCO 1080, Sundays, noon to 2. This week, we're going to be dining with friends, eating healthy. Ooh, I don't know about that. Sheet pan cooking. Hey, and you're not going to want to miss this book. This one is Good Manners for People That Sometimes Say, Well, Frick. Sundays, KSEO. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is the founder of eHarmony, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. Now, recently, Dr. Warren, you made the comment that people are becoming more complex, and and it's becoming more difficult to find broad-based compatibility. What do you mean by that? Well, there are, for instance, multiple media sources that have impact on us. Like, for instance, there are hundreds of television uh, channels. Uh, we have two or three different carriers ourselves right here in Westwood, California, where we where we live, and and so people are getting impacted by media forces all around. Uh, it's the uh, the number of newspapers we take three newspapers a day, so massive massive uh, growth there, and uh, and social media a, as well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So it's not a simple thing anymore to just find that person with whom you, you're matched on 29 dimensions. That's why you need something like eHarmony.com or one of the other services that matches. There aren't very many services that match like we do, but that's because I've been at it for 35 or 40 years uh, as a psychologist. You, you, you need that big pool of candidates because... Like, for instance, let's say that spirituality is really important to you. Then you don't want to give up on that because that's really important to you. You don't want to have somebody who is very uh, different from you on the spiritual dimension. Let's say that intelligence is really important to you, as it is to most of us. Uh, you, you don't want to give up on that. So you 
after a while, you you have to have a massive number of candidates. So it's a fortunate thing that we get three and a half million registrants a year at eHarmony. And we have a lot of people to pick from. And we do the very most careful job we know how to do to put people together using our algorithms and all the science that, that we've developed over time. We have a number of PhDs on our site who do nothing but try to keep our our matching models up to date because, as you know, things are changing so fast. So it's harder and harder with all the change in the society to find that person with whom you have a great what we call broad-based compatibility, and you don't want to settle for anything less than that. Well, as a business, you're taking your own advice. You're being adaptable. Yeah, we're trying to adapt to a a world that's changing so fast. When I heard that first statistic, as I know you've heard it a thousand times, you may have even come up with it, and that is that during the last 10 years, medicine has changed more than it did the entire, it's developed more understandings than it did the entire time before the last 10 years. You realize how fast things are changing. Yes. And, you know, the things that we think are true today, tomorrow we're told that we've advanced beyond those things. And you have to keep up. If you don't keep up and adapt, then you're going to be out of date pretty quickly. But the basics, the desire for safety and security, for affection, the need to be understood and known by another human being, these haven't changed. These are part of human nature. And we've been troop-dwelling creatures for millions of years. We seek each other out. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love to hear that because that's, uh, that, that's wisdom, and I love wisdom, and you do too. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I want to find somebody who, who has a great set of values. I want to find somebody who, when they open their mouth, wisdom comes out. I, I want to have somebody who tells the truth. There's nothing worse than losing confidence that the person you're with doesn't always tell the truth. You start, you start wondering when they're telling the truth. So, uh, and I don't want to make this point, if I can, Rebecca, really fast. If you're single today and you want to be married, you can be married. If you're healthy emotionally and healthy uh, in, in all the common ways, you can find a person with whom you can be wonderfully happy for a lifetime. But it is an underestimated challenge in our society to find that person. You need all the help you can get. And we would love to try to help you with that. And we'll do our very best. Uh, nobody's ever faulted us for not being uh, passionate about this. We think that our country will thrive as our marriages thrive, as our family units thrive, and our kids grow up with the security of a mom and dad who really love and honor one another. Well, that was very, very well said. I have been single for a long time, Dr. Warren, but you certainly have made a compelling case today. I might have to take your questionnaire. What do you think? Is there hope for me? Oh, I think (laughs) as I listen to you talk, you know that last little statement you made just before I made that other one, and I said, it's just great to hear somebody talk like you just talked. That would draw you to so many people. You see, most people are really good down in the center of them, and they they have good values. Uh, I especially, I, I know this isn't going to please all my friends who are on the coast <laughs> in uh, 
the East Coast and the West Coast. But I'll tell you, the center of America uh, is, is a, a group of people who, when they tell you something, they mean it, and they're honest, and they're straightforward. And you want to find that kind of person who's bright and honest and truthful and has values that you can trust in for the rest of your life. Because at the center of marriage, as you know, is unselfishness and trust. That's right. And without that, there cannot be any intimacy. And unfortunately, on that note, that is all the time that we've got left today. But before we let you go, congratulations on the success of your venture and on behalf of thousands of happy couples who have been brought together by eHarmony. Thank you, Dr. Warren. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. And by the way, the same goes for you. I'm so proud. You have 2 million people listening to you every day. That's amazing. And what a, what a, what a influence you have on our country. Well, thank hopefully, hopefully they will join eHarmony and they will find happiness with your guidance. Thank you. If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Dr. Neil Clark Warren, you can email me on our contact page at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you missed the full interview with Dr. Warren or any of our other guests, you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel, and also our website. The address of the website is easy to remember, RebeccaCosta.com. It's myname.com. And that's where you'll not only find interviews with folks like the chair of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, but also the likes of General Michael Hayden, the only individual to head up the NSA and CIA, as well as Ralph Nader, Trent Lott, Noam Chomsky, Pat Buchanan, even physicist Michio Kaku. The website is chocked full of interesting videos and blogs. And most importantly, this is where you can order your very own personally autographed copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a book that has become a bestseller in 21 countries and which received rave reviews from other folks you recognize. Richard Branson, Donald Trump, Trudy Styler, James Watson, E.O. Wilson, and on and on it goes. So don't wait. Go to RebeccaCosta.com right now and get your copy of The Watchman's Rattle, the book which explains why there is so much volatility in the world and why we must brace for greater instability in the future. That's The Watchman's Rattle. Get your copy now, and while you're at the website, grab a copy for someone you love, because everyone needs a little help navigating uncertainty today. Next week, former governor of Arizona, Jan Brewer, will be returning to talk about why America ranks 17th when it comes to education among developed nations. I am so shocked by that statistic, particularly when you look at how much money an effort, and how much talk the politicians give us about uh, reforming education. How can we still be 17th amongst uh, developed nations? It's mind-boggling, really. <laughs> and so we asked Jan Brewer to come back and join us one more time to, to have an honest conversation, an honest look at what needs to be done to uh, reform education once and for all in the United States? And more importantly, what does it mean to have an undereducated workforce as global competition for jobs increases? We have so many young people graduating from college who cannot find employment today. And I don't know if that's a case where they're not educated properly to, to go into the workforce 
Or is the problem that there aren't any jobs? Or, or is the problem a combination of both? So don't miss Governor Jan Brewer next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.